Thank you, Brother Randy. If you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21, we're going to cover the first eight verses, hopefully, and if not, we'll take it up next week, amen? I love series, been going through the book of Revelation for a long time. I didn't mark in my Bible when we started. I believe it was in September of last year, amen? So we about got a year in. In August, I want to remind everybody that we have an awesome preaching in August. That's, uh, we switch it from Wednesday to Tuesday, have guest choirs and some of the best preachers in America in this church, and it's a great time. Uh, we'll have each Sunday school class host a meal at 5.30, and then at 7 o'clock, the service is on, and that's in August. It's called Awesome Preaching August. This will be our 21st year of doing that, amen? And we've got some preachers, I'm telling you. Uh, w- once you hear uh, Milton Taylor, you'll never forget him. He was a, he's an older gentleman, can't hear uh, so he preaches loud, and uh, he, has a, he has a message um, on law and grace that I heard, and I thought, I've got to get him. And uh, he's a tremendous preacher out of Greenville, South Carolina. Also, another man, uh, just going to start it off with, he was the CEO of Pepsi Corporation in Atlanta and gave all that up, and uh, he's um, uh, pastoring a little Baptist church outside of Atlanta, and he, he preaches all over America, and he's a good preacher. Brother Kenny Kikendall, Brother Mike Norris, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, be preaching. Some great, great preachers. We're excited about uh, the lineup we got, and they're all booked, ready to come, and we got choirs coming. It'll be a great, great August. So I'm going to preach right up to August on Revelation. Hope I'll get through the rest of the book by August 1st. All right, let's stand on the Word of God, Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. I believe we ought to honor the Word of God by standing because we believe it's the Word of God. And uh, we pledge allegiance to it. And uh, I, when I preach, I'm very serious about it. Sometimes I'm a little rude. I apologize for that. But if somebody's playing with one of those little twirly things, I don't tolerate that. If you're texting, I believe this is the text. I don't believe any message is more important than the message of the Word of God. Unless it's emergency, go out in the hall and take it. But I believe that we ought not be distracted at all. And then I've, I've been brought to my attention, some people have been talking during the service. We don't, uh, we don't allow that. Adults, children, no talking when somebody's preaching. Amen? Unless it's amen, glory to God, hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's the only talking we allow. Amen? So if you're talking and, you know, you, some people just talk out loud and they don't even know they're talking, uh, quit it. All right, let's go. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. The Bible says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from the God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adored for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of the heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. I'll explain why there's crying in heaven. Uh, if, the, if he's wiping tears away, there's crying for some reason in heaven. And I'll tell you how long those tears are going to last in just a minute. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Thank God for that. For the former things are passed away. And, that, and, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and I'll give unto him 
that a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. That's how you get saved. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall, he shall be my son. Hallelujah. And the, that's a good Father's Day message. But the fearful, now listen, here's the contrast of heaven. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all the liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for these folks come, and we do miss all those that are up at Sand Mountain. But Lord, I know they're exactly where they need to be. And I pray for these young people that you administer their hearts in a special way. Use Brother Justin. He's probably preaching right now. Pray that you'd use the message tonight to change these teenagers' hearts. God, thank you that they can realize that this week is a week of fun, good, clean fun, and excitement and joy, that they don't have to go to the world again. Lord, thank you for heaven. Lord, I've got a mom and daddy up there. I've got a whole lot of friends, a whole lot of friends uh, that used to be members of this church are there. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you, dear God, for the precious anticipation of heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, one time, I believe it was John R. Rice, might have been R.G. Lee, it was one of those old preachers. And uh, he, was in a, he was in an elevator and two uh, thugs uh, held him up. One pulled a gun, the other pulled a knife. And they said, we're going to kill you if you don't give all, all your money to us. And old John R. Rice looked at him and said, hey, listen, boys, you can have all my money, but you can't threaten me with heaven. I'm not scared of your guns or your knife. Amen. And then he said afterwards he was glad that uh, they didn't kill him because uh, he had a lot more preaching to do. But he said, I'm glad that I was the one being robbed and not one that was robbing. That's a good attitude, isn't it? Amen. And only by the grace of God, you'd be the one that would be shooting instead of being shot at. And I pray that this incident today, uh, this ball practice, which is for a good cause for kids up in Washington, D.C. area, um, that somebody will be saved. You know, the Bible says in Philippians 1.12, all this is falling out for the furtherance of the gospel. And I want to tell you something, if I was on that field, I'd be looking for a preacher. I'd want to make sure that I was saved. Because I'm going to tell you something, a high caliber rifle like that, uh, it's only a few inches and you're dead. And it's amazing, it's amazing that not more of our uh, representatives and senators were slaughtered in that open field. It had been a bloodbath. And God was with them. And I think we ought to pray for them to be saved if they're not saved. Maybe many of them are. But I want you to notice seven new things in this passage of Scripture. Seven new things. Uh, first of all, we see in this first verse that the redeemed shall forever enjoy the riches of His grace forever in heaven. How many has got somebody in heaven that you love very much? Raise your hand. You know, heaven's getting sweeter all the time. Say amen. When you got a mom and daddy up there, it's a place of reunion. Amen. I was thinking about uh, every time I look on Facebook and see all those veterans, I look at uh, several of them missing. I think about Brother Wallace. I led him to the Lord on a November afternoon while he was watching the Georgia Bulldogs. No, I don't think it was the Georgia Bulldogs. Been the Georgia Bulldogs, I'd been home watching them. Amen. But it was, it was somebody, amen. Some crummy team I didn't want to watch. And, uh, and he got saved. I think about Pappy. And I think about uh, Bob, those three, those three veterans, every time I look at those pictures. Uh, and, you know, they've, they've changed ranks. And now they're children of the king, and they're in a great place. And it's not only a place of reunion, 
It's a place of rejoicing. You know what's so good about heaven? Verse 4. That's what's so good about heaven. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes and there'll be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall any be more in pain for the former things are passed away. I'll tell you something, one of the hardest things that I've been called on to do uh, these uh, many years of pastoring, 42 years, uh, four as a youth pastor, many hairs ago, and uh, 38 years or 39 years as a, p- a pastor here, is funerals of little children, of small teenage, uh, young teenagers, and uh, tragic accidents, and, and um, uh, cancer, and, and just, uh, I'll never forget one time, there was a guy named Robert Waters, and uh, he was uh, in the band at Glenville, Georgia, a very popular young man, and he got saved in my youth class. We had a class that we had to meet in the auditorium, we had a bunch of young people, down in Claxton, Georgia, the fruitcake capital of the world. He came all the way from Glenville, Georgia, and they say that's the real Vidae onions. It's really, the Vidae onions are not as good as the Glenville onions, so that's what they do. And I remember uh, he was, they were having a little get-together, and uh, it was a dining room and a living room combination with the open uh, passageway between the living room and the dining room. And all the kids were in there in the living room. For some reason, some guy had a 22 shot, uh, 22 rifle, and just tossed it to another boy, and when he caught the, caught the thing, his, his finger hit the trigger, went into the next room, and shot Robert right between the eyes. And um, he was 14. And I remember at that little church out in the sticks, I was called on to preach one of my first funerals, and I remember 15 or 16 band members that marched with him got saved. So folks, I want to tell you something, heaven's real. Heaven's real. And heaven's the only thing that gets us through things like that. But I want to tell you what's so sad. A lot of times people are going to hell that die. And we need to have a burden for them. We need to get a burden for souls so the study of heaven should move our hearts. We ought to, we ought to be moved to compassion for the law. So listen, says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more evil. Why is the first earth passed away? Because it's, it's plighted with sin. And uh, the Lucifer's rebelled there, and so therefore he's doing away with that. And the glorious, glowing capital city of heaven is now ascending, and John gets in on this, and it's a beautiful place of streets of gold. And a lot of people, they start debating, say, you know, the streets of gold is not formed now, and people say they're walking on the streets of gold. And, you know, you can debate that when, when that's going to be formed. But I want to tell you something, John saw a lot. Because in verse 2 he says, and I, and I, John, saw the holy city of New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. And in verses 9 through the end of the chapter that I'll preach on in a couple of weeks, uh, we see, or maybe next week, uh, we see the, uh, the description of that city. It's phenomenal. It's just, it's beautiful. It's scintillating, glorious, capital city of heaven, the new Jerusalem. And uh, the first earth passes away. Uh, the Bible says that in Second uh, 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 Peter, I believe it is, uh, chapter 3 about the passing away through a big bang. And I love what um, uh, our, our uh, speaker said the other night during the uh, creation science thing that these people think it's a big bang from some soup, uh, some plasma, some molecules out in the ocean billions of years ago. And he proved it seven ways how that couldn't be possible. Cosmic dust would be up seven feet 
high over this church. Uh, that all kinds of things would happen. Half the world was being totally eroded away and uh, proved the flood took place because they're finding fossils uh, in the middle of uh, mountains and top of mountains. They can only get there one way, and that's through uh, the flood. And folks, we see uh, that this is a glorious, glorious earth that God has prepared and God has survived, but it is nothing compared to the glories and the glowing capital of the universe. Forty times John says in this revelation, I saw. And folks, he saw a lot of horrible things that we've been going through, the tribulation. Listen, if you're lost, read chapter 6 through 18 and you'll probably get saved. It's horrendous. It's a tribulation. But now we're out of the tribulation. And the Lord's come, come back and He's ruling and reigning. And then after that, we see, after the thousand years, we see, um, and the seven years tribulation, that's a thousand seven years, there's tears in heaven. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. We see this glimpse of the heavenly city coming down to earth. And folks, listen, it's an everlasting. It, uh, it's, um, it's a beautiful, happy reunion. Look at verse 2. It says, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, folks, I've never seen an ugly bride. Let me think about that. I don't think I have. Amen? They usually have that veil over their face. Praise God. No. And, and they're beautiful coming down that aisle. Amen? And I remember one fellow one time locked his knees, about passed out on me. I said, whoa, don't lock your knees. You're going to pass out. And he smiled like a jaybird the whole time. And I said, he ought to. Amen? He, I mean, uh, looking at him, he was marrying up. But anyway, and... Uh, and she come down that aisle, and she's beautiful, and, and there was anticipation. It was almost a radiant white, and that's the way a bride ought to look like. John didn't know how to describe this beautiful coming down, this coming out of this city, so he just compared it to a beautiful bride adorned for her husband. I want to tell you something. This beautiful city is adorned for us, but I want to tell you something, friend. We know that there's a shadow of death that we pass through. Psalms 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, because there's a light in heaven. And we're going to get to that next week in verse 18 and so of this chapter. Folks, there's jasper walls and the gold, but praise God, the Bible says in verse 23, the city had no need of sun, neither the moon to shine for it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Friend, I want to tell you something. Everything's focused on the throne, but everything's focused on Jesus Christ, God Almighty, praise the Lord, the Spirit of God's manifested there in a sinling, beautiful, sensational, glorious setting. But I want to tell you something. Jesus will outshine them all. Amen? He's our Savior. He died for you. He took your hell for you. He was bruised beyond recognition. Isaiah chapter 52, I believe it's verse 18. He was beat beyond recognition. He took your hell it was dark at Calvary. There was thirst at Calvary. There was blaspheming at Calvary. There was a forsaking at Calvary. God had to turn His back on sin. All that's a picture of hell. Jesus took your hell so you could go to heaven. And so it's a light place. I believe it's a place of laughter. I like to, I like to have a good time when I'm in church. I try to be serious half the time. But I, I think it's alright to laugh and, and, and I think it's alright to smile in church. I was noticing the other day during this uh, uh, creation science, everybody would laugh at this guy, but there was one guy, he was determined that he was going to be mad. 
I almost went over there and said, hey man, loosen up. Praise God, we just had, Scott just bought pizza. What do you want? <laughs> then he brought Krispy Kreme donuts. We definitely should have smiled on that one, praise God. And I said, praise God, that's glorified donuts. The hole has no, no calories. I'm eating it, Brother Bobby. And so I ate about three of them. I, I ate them so fast I didn't chew them because I've been on a diet. It was good. And folks, we all smiled about that. This old guy, he just looking at that thing. And I want to tell you something, friend. I'm glad God created me, but I'm glad God created a place for me to go. And I want to tell you something. I don't panic over birthdays. This last one got me a little bit. But, uh, I, but I get over it. Because I know I'm living eternity, eternally. And folks, what is age? If you live to be 100 years old, it's just a short span. It's just a brief span of the hand, the Bible says. Life's a span of the hand. It's a weaver's shuttle. Now, how many can identify with that in Dalton, Georgia? You ever been in one of those plants? Some of you suffer in one of those plants. And man, that, uh, that, those things just put out those, uh, that beautiful tapestry called carpet. And folks, it's a weaver's shuttle. It's fast. That's the way you, uh, the Bible describes life. James chapter 4, 14 describes it as a vapor. So don't get hung up on this earth. And don't get hung up on these things of this world. Get hung up on your destiny. And that's heaven. So you ought to be heavenly minded and a little no earthly good, amen? Some people are so earthly minded, they're no heavenly good. So I didn't mean to get off on that, but folks, there's a new heaven. I don't explain, I don't understand it all. I know it's 1,600 square feet cubic and it can hold billions and billions of people and everybody's trying to figure that out, but I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the one that uh, is there. It says, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. It's from God, a gift prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. Boy, heaven is going to be like a beautiful marriage. The bride's going to be with the groom, and it's going to be beautiful. Amen? It's not going to be hell, and it's not going to be enduring it to the end. Uh, the lady that got saved, and I thank God for you that sat with her Sunday last night, uh, she was telling the lady, she said, the reason I got a conviction is something went wrong at the, at the uh, health club up here. It used to be the old Kroger's or whatever it is, and uh, they were in a sauna or something and went haywire and got real hot. She said, man, hell's going to be a lot hotter than this. i got to find a church. So she drove down Dugat Road and God said, go into this church. Praise God. She's been there ever since. Got saved last night. Hell is going to be hot. She ain't going there now. She's going to heaven because two ladies cared enough to go knock on her door last night. Thank God. Don't let the hot summer keep you from telling people about the holy city, heaven. Then look at verse 3. I want to get to verse 4 if we don't get to anywhere else. It says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying. Now he's, now he's hearing things. How many has ever heard things? You know, it's alright to speak to yourself, just don't argue with yourself. But look at this. It says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man. God bringing heaven down to this earth. Destroyed what uh, the other with a, with a blast, a big bang. That's what I'm was referring to the Big Bang wasn't creation. The Big Bang's going to be when he destroys this earth. The elements are going to fall apart. That's all he has to do. One atom, split, and it's a bomb. Amen. He's going he's he's to blow it up to spin the rings. Read Second Peter sometime. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he, would, uh, and he w- will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. There it is. Heaven Jesus is what's going to make heaven for me. Amen? And Jesus will outshine them all. And I see an everlasting blessing of His presence. 
Brother Jack's life verse he shared with us Sunday or Sunday ago is, you know, that uh, God will give you joy, fullness of joy, when? In His presence. Out of His presence is a lot of sadness, a lot of misery, and a lot of manipulation, and a lot of, of sin, and a lot of selfishness. And out of the will of God is the most miserable place for a, a Christian to be. That's why I advise new converts get baptized as soon as you can. We baptize every service. The water's warm. And bring all your lost loved ones to watch you get baptized. That's a good testimony. You're saying, I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. But the reason is, it's an act of obedience. And folks, you need to be obedient to be in God's will. And you can be 99.99% in God's will. If you're not baptized, you're out of God's will. Now, the Church of Christ believes you're saved through that baptism water. I don't see it. That's a work thief on the cross never got baptized. And the Bible says, Jesus said, today will you be me in paradise. I've argued with the church Christ. I said, well, that was Old Testament. Baloney. He was next to Jesus. Amen. And Jesus would have said, hey, listen, if you'd have got baptized, you'd have went to heaven. No, that's a work. But folks, one of the great things about faith is it does work. And it does profess. And it does confess that you're saved. And other people get saved like Sunday Sunday night, what a blessing. And I want to tell you something, friend. John heard it. And he heard the voice of God. And God made this promise. He said, heaven is going to be where we're going to be together. It's going to be a reunion. And so you ought to get excited about being your mom and daddy. And I hope they're saved. My daddy barely got saved. 63 years of age, lived seven years. And he said his only regret was he didn't get saved when he was a young man. Maybe he wouldn't have come out of World War II as a drunk. I made all my family mad at me when I mentioned that he got saved and he drank before he got saved. I didn't hold no punches back. I was proud my daddy got saved. Amen. And he got saved by some church ritual. He got saved because he got under conviction and he turned from his sin by faith. But I want you to know, friend, the greatest reunion is going to be with Jesus. You're going to sit at his feet. And the only man-made thing in heaven is the nail prints in his hands. Think about that. And the nail prints in his feet. And the scars on his head will still be there. For that crown of thorns. The pierced side. Folks, I want to tell you something. Jesus paid it all. And all to him we owe. And if you go to heaven, you're not going to be checking in with your perfect attendance pens. When I was a Southern Baptist many moons ago, uh, my mother made me go to Sunday school. And I'm glad she did. She made me go. And I had pins down to my belt. I wore them, praise God. First year, second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth. And I don't tell you, I didn't get a reward for any of them because sometimes I didn't want to be there. But mama would beat the hound out of me if I wasn't there, amen? She never let me sleep in. She said, as long as you live in this house, boy, you're going to church. And that's pathetic when you're 18 years old, amen? That you, you got to go where mama says go. But I thank God for her. And I could have been the guy doing the shooting Today, if she hadn't a discipline me when I shot my window out with 153 BBs, she wore me out. What a good mama. So I needed it. And I'm glad I didn't caught, get caught in everything I did. But listen, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Not, not many funerals pass that I don't share this passage of Scripture when the disciples were so disturbed in John chapter 13 because Jesus just announced that He was going away. 
They thought he was the political leader. They thought he was better than Donald Trump. Amen. They thought he was, he was the answer to every problem. And no politician ever has been and never will be. It's got to be the Lord. Amen. But I thank God uh, for some of the things that's happened recently as far as our Supreme Court's concerned. Because I'm not as nervous about our church being under persecution as I was. But he said to his disciples, as they argued, and they said, no, we don't want you to go. We, we want some help in the nasty now and now. And they were not thinking about the sweet by and by. He looked at them and said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you, and I go to prepare a place for you. Isn't that great? He prepares a place for the prepared people. And he says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh the Father but by me. Thank God. Folks, I'm telling you, the heaven is being received. What a great description of death to the Christian. You're being received. You're passing through the valley of the shadow of death. Shadows can't hurt you. The light's, the, the light's Jesus Christ at the end of the tunnel. And so folks, listen, heaven is a reunion with your maker, your creator, your sustainer, and most important, your savior. You get to meet him face to face. That's what's going to make heaven for you. But it's a glorious place. Now what does he do for his people? And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Folks, listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's crying in heaven. This is chronologically written, the book of Revelation. And therefore, this passage is written 1,007 years after Revelation 4.1. Exactly. That means that Revelation 4.1, come up hither, that's the rapture. Seven years, judgment seat of Christ. We're judged according to our faithfulness. If you're saved, you ought to be faithful, amen? Out of love. I, I preached on that Sunday morning. And you'll be judged by the opportunities you have to be a blessing, a witness. But then, folks, down on this earth, all hell's breaking out. 6 through 18. Chapter 6 through 18. Hellstones, 125 pounds. Blood turned to water turned to blood. Scorpion beast released from hell. Demonic beast. Death takes a holiday. Uh, on and on and on. You can read chapter six, chapter seven, chapter eight, chapter nine. Horrendous. John saw all this. The tribulation. And there's a lot of tears. And then after that, we see the second coming. That's when uh, uh, we've been raptured, we're with the Lord, and we come back with Him, Revelation 19, 11 through the end of the chapter. And then, then so that's, a, that's a, a seven years, and then He rules and reigns for a thousand years. And then we come to this place where He destroys the earth, brings a new earth down, a new heaven, and folks, He says He wipes away the tears. Let me tell you why there's crying in heaven for 1,007 years. Number one, I don't believe we're going to get over the judgment seat of Christ real quick. Because we're going to find out we didn't receive the awards we ought to. We're going to come to the birthday party without a gift. We have nothing to lay at His feet. That's some crying. We remember the heartache. And then we go and we face the great white throne judgment, not as a loss, but as an audience. 
and we see some of our loved ones, some of our workmates, some people that we've worked with, that we knew our neighbors, that we never had the courage to witness to, be cast into the lake of fire. And we're weeping. If we got any kind of emotion, oh, we're weeping. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. Heaven wouldn't be heaven if for the whole time we're up there regretting what we didn't do on earth. So God's going to wipe away the tears. He's going to wipe away the memories of our unfaithfulness, of our heartaches, our pains. And folks, heaven's really going to start in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, because He's going to wipe away the tears. Why? No more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. You know what's going to be so beautiful about heaven? No more cancer. No more cancer. Everybody's saying uh, no, no more uh, strokes. I saw Brother Hayward. He could barely talk. He was telling me, he said, I really appreciate the message. And, he, and Sunday morning he came up to me and he says, and I don't remember too good. And Miss Judy was smiling saying, but he's doing good. Folks, that's a tough thing. When you can't remember what you've done and what you've said. Alzheimer's. Thank God there'll be no more Alzheimer's. Pappy used to call it old timers disease. And he used to get so upset with Miss, Miss, uh, um, his wife, Maddie. Uh, we call her grandmama. Because she would get ready seven times to come to church because she'd forget where she was going. And she'd redress and redress and redress. And then she'd get so frustrated and so tired she just wouldn't go. And he couldn't understand it. I said, Pappy, she don't know what she was getting ready for. Heaven, we're going to have perfect memories. Heaven, we're going to have perfect health. Heaven, we're going to have perfect relationship. Hallelujah. Isn't that going to be great? No more fussing and fighting as couples. Amen? No more arguing. No more manipulating. No more flesh. No more sin. No more Satan. For the former things have passed away. Aren't you glad the former things are going to pass away? Even the regrets and the tears and the guilt and the guilty conscience. So there's no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. And God creates all things new. Look at verse 5 and we've got to close. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Folks, what he was saying, I just want to verify, John, that I'm telling you the truth. Heaven is going to be out of this world. Listen, I don't have much of a retirement plan, but i got one in heaven. Say amen. And I'll tell you what, I am excited about one day just being found faithful. Folks, salvation is free, but it's not cheap. Look at verse 6. And he said to me, it is done. Aren't you, don't you like that? He, what did he say, John 19, 30? It is finished. And that's why I know there's no works that gets you to heaven. Amen? He did the work. The word is teletasia in the Greek. It's consummatum in the Latin. And it's, it's stamped on the bills in the Bible day. That, that phrase, it is finished or paid in full. The debt's been paid. So when he screamed out, it is finished. He wasn't saying, man, I'm glad that's over. That's what most of the time we suffer for God. Boy, I'm glad I'm out of jail. I'm glad I got over that visit. Praise God. They slammed the door on my little foot. God help us. People died for the faith and we won't go get embarrassed. I believe if you approach people good, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll approach you good. I was glad Brother 
Daryl said his neighbor called and said that he enjoyed our visit. That made me feel good, amen, that, you know, we didn't go kick in the door and say, hey, by the way, buddy, you're going to hell. No, we don't visit that way, amen? We say, don't you want to go to heaven, amen? Don't you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? And so, folks, listen. The Bible says in verse 6, he said, it is done. It is done. That's the same thing he said, it is finished. He said, listen, I am the Alpha and Omega. I started it, and I'm ending it. In the beginning and the end, I will give unto him that a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Thank God again. He, 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 it's all through Revelation. Grace. Grace. The only way we're going to get to heaven is by grace. If there's not a ladder to heaven, there's a cross to heaven. And folks, there's not a lawyer to heaven, there's a lamb that gets you to heaven. He died in your place. I preach at the YDC every month. Been, there, been going there 33 years and had more people saved. And last night it was wonderful. Brother Chris and I got to visit the people that broke in our church. Had a wonderful visit with them. I thanked him for bringing two girls to church Sunday morning and said, those girls raised their hand to be saved. Give them a track. Tell them how to be saved. Thank you for coming. Man, they said, we're all going to be here Sunday. They're going through all kinds of terrible trials and tribulation. But they're coming Sunday, the Father's Day. Never did get a commitment out of Daddy. But I want to tell you something, friend. God can make a change in that little teenage boy. God can help his sister now serving time in jail. God can touch hearts because it's not works that saves you. It's the grace of God that saves you. Amen? And we ought to have mercy on our hearts when people do stuff like hurt this church. And I'm telling you, this church is precious to me. Somebody breaks in it, now they're going to be on camera, bless God. And I'm telling you what, we got their picture in full color, amen? Then we'll not have to guess, amen? But I want to tell you something, friend. We're not to get even. We're to get loving and go after people that hurt us and go after people that are lost. And folks, listen, the Bible says it just clear as day. It's free, life freely. And it's a fountain of water. That means there's no end to it. It's an eternal source. It's eternal life. Folks, we're dealing with eternal heaven. This is eternal life. The moment you get saved, you start living eternally. And you was living eternally anyway. And folks, we ought to get excited about going to heaven. But don't go by yourself. Take somebody with you. The best friend I've ever had in my life, I believe, was my cousin Alfred. He don't come up much. He's busy. I left him in Claxton, Georgia. Of all things, he's in the carpet business and the carpet cleaning business in Claxton, Georgia, which is unusual. And he goes to Statesboro, and he's down there, and he married one of the youth down there. When he came down there, helped me as a youth pastor. But every Sunday, he'd elbow me and say, Wayne, when are you going to get saved? When are you going to get saved? When are you going to get saved? And he was so excited about going to heaven, he said one time, he said, Wayne, I don't want to go to heaven without you. I said, well, just give me time. I'll get saved one day. And thank God, one Sunday morning, I, got, I started getting an elbow from somebody else. It was from within. And it was straight to my heart. And I realized that I was lost. And I got saved. And you know, the first person I looked up to was my mother, of course. And then Daddy, he dropped his courtly and looked up and said, my son's getting saved. He'd always read his courtly. That's why we don't have him. Instead of listening to the preaching. But I looked up and there was Alfie on the fifth row back. He had tears dripping over his smile because his first cousin had got saved. 
and he didn't have to elbow me no more. Folks, let's be a friend to somebody and tell them about heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this passage of Scripture. And Lord, we're just getting into this great chapter. Looking forward to every Wednesday night in July and other, other times to preach on this great chapter. Chapter 22. Lord, we thank you that this is not the end. That heaven is forever. And the blessing of heaven is that we're going to be forever with you. In fellowship, perfect fellowship with our loved ones as went on before. I could start naming members of Whitfield Baptist Church that are in heaven. It would take an hour. Lord, I remember where they used to sit. I remember their smiles. I remember their handshakes. I remember Brother Wallace's grin and how he'd kid me about being on a diet all my life. I remember the good fellowship I had with my father-in-law the last nine years of his life. I remember so many people, even some teenagers and young adults, that were tragically, we thought, taken from us. But God, I thank you that they're in heaven. And one day we're going to be together. And one day we're going to worship Jesus as never before because we'll be with them and with Him. Thank you, Lord, for taking our hell and paving the way to glory with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for heaven. And thank you for your comfort now that you can wipe away the tears from our heart. And God, be with those that are suffering. Be with those that are hurting. And Lord, most important of all, can we keep, Lord, dear Jesus, the priority of this church, the lost list, the salvation of souls, missions, sending the gospel to where they've never heard it. Building churches, building believers up to witness to their country. God, may we have a heavenly joy. But God, while we're on this earth, may we have a heavenly mission.